when I lose, it hits me for like the first six, eight hours. And then I'm just, I'm over it. Honestly, every time I, I have a bad experience in poker, I, I appreciate the good things in life. And I reflect on that. And then it kind of makes me realize I'm just lucky to be where I, where I am. What is up, you beautiful bastards? It is your boy, Electrolyte, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to a pro poker player. His name is Jared Blesnick. Now, Jared dropped out of college when he was 18 years old to become a poker pro. His mom actually also has a strong gambling background, not gambling problem, and she supported this choice. But his dad, like most other parents, hated it. He started with just $1,000 as a college dropout and made over $100,000 in his first year. His strategy, if you buy his course, no, just kidding, was to play small until he could play big, and it paid off. In his prime, he made $3 million a year. Now he just plays poker for fun, but he runs a very successful sports card business. So you can check it out on YouTube. That's Blez, B-L-E-Z, sports cards, and their website, theblezblez.com. If you've ever wanted to learn about what it's like to win big and lose big while playing poker, you're going to love this episode. In this conversation, learn these three things. One, how Jared coped with losing $300,000 in one hand. Ouch. Two, the biggest mistakes he made in his 20s. Three, which celebrities actually have good poker games. You're going to enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we dive into the show, make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash okdork. We just put up a video asking financial experts what to do in a recession and how you actually make a lot of money during it. Check it out at youtube.com slash okdork. Also, go to appsumo.com slash Noah. Best deals on software. Go check it out. If you ever want to just see what's happening in the tech world, that's appsumo.com slash Noah. Join the newsletter. It's free. Enjoy. Also, a special pre-show shout out to listener Brooke Craven. That's an awesome name. She left review saying, awesome podcast, highlights all aspects of business, entrepreneurship, and more in this can't-miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Damn, Brooke, sounds like my mom. This is amazing. Thank you and every other one of you gorgeous listeners. I always appreciate when you enjoy the shows. Let me know that impacts your life or it just makes you smile. If you want to shout out in a future episode, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. I check every single one of them. Who are you and can you give us your poker story in 30 seconds? Uh, my name is Jared Blesnick. I dropped out of college at 18, became a professional poker player, and have made millions of dollars doing it. What did your mom say? You have a Jewish mother, right? Like me? Yeah. How did that go? So my mother actually has a gambling background. So she actually was all for it. My father hated it. Growing up in a background where it was all about going to school, my father wasn't a fan of it. Han, so when you dropped out of college at 18, how much did you make that year in poker? The first year, I only made about 100K. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, the first year I made about 100K, but at, at the time, as a college student, that was, that was a lot. Even after I made the 100K, I still, wasn't, I still didn't feel good about my poker game. It, it took a few years after that to realize that. I guess what gave you the confidence to drop out, and how did you get 100K? To be honest, I was never good at school. I never did well, so it was kind of like the only option for me was to play poker. That's how I felt because I wasn't going to graduate college. Honestly, I started with like $1,000 and I just grinded my way up and I kept playing small until I had enough money to play bigger. What's the skill or ability that you had to be able to build that up and do well in poker? Like why were you able to do well in that and then not in school? I think the way my mind works, I think what makes me great at poker is the psychology of being able to read people, the math behind poker and a lot of it's like intuition, and in school, I was never able to pay attention. I, I also didn't enjoy school, so for poker, I loved it. I fell in love with it, and just I wanted to play every day. And then are you still playing today? I'm still playing. I would say I'm not playing for a living, but I'm still playing a little here and there. 
what was your peak? Like, what was your like top hands you've won or top pots you've won or tournaments and, and top losses? Well, I mean, for me, I was always more of a cash game player. So I was playing with real money. In my peak, I was probably making about three million a year playing in my prime. Poker is very swingy, a lot of ups and downs. Um, I've had some hands. I've won a half a million dollars on like one hand. I've lost 300,000 on another hand. So it's very up and down. Can you tell me about those two hands? It was a uh, pot limit Omaha. It was really more of a standard hand where I had aces and I was able to get in a lot of the money pre-flop and the guy was forced to call. And then after the flop, I had to put the rest of the money in and he had to call me. He had like the one pair my hand held, you know, the aces were good. But a lot of poker is a lot of like situations where you don't do anything wrong. I don't do anything wrong. The hand just plays out itself and whatever happens, happens. In the short term, there's a ton of luck in poker. You know, long term, the luck evens out. So then there's a lot more skill. And what was the hand you lost half a million on or 300,000 on? Honestly, that hand, I just, I bluffed off all my money. I went with the read and I was completely wrong. And I thought the guy that I was playing wasn't that, he didn't have that big of a hand. He did. You know, my read was just completely wrong. I mean, when that happens, there's so much of timing and luck involved in poker as well that sometimes you just don't see it right and you make a mistake, you lose a bunch of money. How'd you feel after that and what'd you do? I was in bed. I stayed in bed for about a day, got a massage. And honestly, I just, I ate a bunch of really bad food, you know, and that was about it. The thing with me is when I lose, it hits me for like the first six, eight hours. And then I'm just, I'm over it. Honestly, every time I, I have a bad experience in poker, I, I appreciate the good things in life. And I reflect on that. And then it kind of makes me realize I'm just lucky to be where I, where I am. I lose like 20 bucks and it's like a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm not a poker player. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, for me, I love the, I'm a gambler at heart and I love to take big risks. So for me, it's, that's just what I love to do. I mean, I love, I love to gamble. I love the rush of gambling. You know, there's an old quote that people say they'd rather gamble and lose than not gamble at all. And I feel like I'm in that situation. If you told me I could never gamble, I would rather gamble and lose money the rest of my life than just not do it. I love taking the, the risk. What are some of the big risks you've taken? Uh, I've made some big investment risks in the past with stocks and crypto and real estate, some random investments with friends and stuff like that. I'm all about like high risk, high reward. I don't like the conservative, you know, 5% or whatever. I, I want to take big risks. Any stories of other riskier things you've done? Nothing that interesting other than putting a lot of my net worth into like, you know, certain stocks or crypto and something I should not be doing. I'm not putting my money in like the safe stuff over time. You know, for me, I'm picking and choosing certain altcoins or, you know, stuff like that. What goes on in your mind? Because, you know, I'll put 5% of my net worth in the risky stuff. And 95%, I'm like, I just need to know where this is at night. I think a lot of people make the mistake in life of trying to get wealthy when they're older. When I feel like you should want to try and get wealthy today when you're younger. You know, so a lot of people, like, they're very conservative with their money. If you make all the money and you're 70, how do you enjoy that? But when you're 35, 40, that's when you can enjoy it and, and live life. So for me, I'd rather take the risk now knowing I could always be able to make money in the future. Because everyone, when they're, when they're older, you ask them, well, what do you do with your money? I mean, it's a lot harder to enjoy it when you get older. How do you enjoy your money? Honestly, I'm not really into a lot of things. I mean, I have a few watches. 
I have some nice cars that I really don't care about. I'm just not really materialistic. I'm not really into to nice things. It's funny, when I was broke, all I wanted to was, you know, to buy nice clothes and fashion, et cetera. And now I just don't care because I realized that everything in life is like kind of overpriced, whatever you buy. So you're just kind of overpaying for everything. You know, like with cars even, like I feel like the more expensive the car is, the more overpriced it is, the, you know, the more high end the car is. So I just think as things go up in value, as, as you pay more and more, you're just overpaying. You know, for me, I look at everything from a business standpoint. You know, how can I earn from what I'm doing? I like traveling and stuff like that. You know, I like sports and stuff, but I don't have that many interests. It's just interesting that you want to make more money, but you also, it's a common thing where that you also don't seem to want to, you don't get enjoyment spending it. You just enjoy making it. So I think most people I talk to that are successful and they all say the same thing. Once you reach a certain level, it's really just a scorecard at that point. You're just keeping track. And I'm not at that level where I can't worry about making money, but a lot of people I know, they're just, after you get to a certain point and you know what you want your life to be, you know, a lot of people just enjoy making money. That That is my thing. That's what I enjoy. I just enjoy making money. You know, I enjoy having the luxury to just being able to live life, you know, and not worry about things. I'll take one step back. You said you didn't care about it as much. You cared about the money more when you didn't have it. And when now you have it, you don't care about spending and having these fancy things. What's your advice for someone 20, 30, 40 that's younger that's like, man, I wish I had all the money, like when you were back in the day? So, I mean, I'm the oldest brother of two, of two younger brothers. I tell my youngest brother, who's a lot younger, I say, the biggest mistake I made when I was in my early 20s, when I was making money in poker, I should have taken most of that money and invested in it at a very young age. I always thought I needed this money to play poker, but when you look 12, 15 years later, you realize even if you were conservative and you invested in real estate or the S&P 500 or whatever it may be, the one thing it took me a long time to realize is it's like 5% a year is not a lot, but 5% over 15 years is a lot of money. So I would tell anyone that's making money young to invest it conservatively, you know, because if you invest a lot of money in your early 20s, by the time you're 35, you can potentially double your net worth just based on investing in smart ways. The other mistake I made was I spent so much money. I think a lot of people, when they make their money young, they spend a lot of it. So I was spending a lot of money where instead of spending all that money, I wish I invested it. So I would have made a lot more than more money I was spending. What's the silliest or stupidest things you spent money on? I would just say I overspend a lot on food. I mean, it's normal for me to go to a four or $500 dinner, like at least every other night for two people. That's what I enjoy. I mean, I just overpay for things that aren't that much money, but I shouldn't be spending as much as I'm spending. So it adds up over time. Any receipts come to mind? No, I'm not one of those guys that has like a $10,000 bill from, I mean, I used to go to the clubs and stuff, but I would always be with the people that would always pay. I would never spend a lot of money at one time. It would just be over time spending money. A lot of people probably dream of being a, not a poker player, a rich poker player. And it sounds like you mentioned at your peak, you had like a $3 million year. What were you doing differently than everybody else? People want to make a million dollars playing poker. You were able to do $3 million. So what was it that you were doing that, that people can learn from? I would say a lot of it is the fact that, you know, I always believe in putting in hard work. Like I dedicated my whole life to poker when I was doing it. I mean, I was playing 12 hours a day, 10, 12 hours, pretty much every single day. So that's one thing for sure, because experience is one of the biggest things you could have in poker. But 
I was doing something differently than everyone else in the world at the time. So for those of you that are wanting to be great at poker, you have to kind of separate yourself from everyone else in the world. So like, for example, in business, I would tell people, everyone in business can do the big things that everyone can do. It's the small things that get everyone ahead in life, in business, especially like people think it's so easy, but it's the small, unique things that people don't see. It's the same thing in poker. There were little things that I was doing that like no one else in the world was doing. And those little things, when you do them 12 hours a day, you know, you play a lot of hands, they add up to a lot of money. Poker is also a volume game. If you're a good player, the more you play, the more you're going to earn. That's just what it is. Everyone has like an hourly rate, and that's what poker is. Can you share some of these small things? There were certain poker moves. I mean, for example, I was probably like two to three years ahead of everyone in the world. So the stuff that I was doing 15 years ago, they're doing now, and it took them a long time to realize that. Like, you know, there would be $10,000 in the pot, and I would bet like a thousand. You know, when everyone would bet like the pot, 10,000, 8,000. And I was betting like very small. And it took people a long time to realize that you can get the same information by betting 2,000 or 5,000. So I was kind of like ahead of everyone by my betting patterns. And it's funny because when I used to win all the time in poker, because I was, I was the only one doing certain things. So everyone thought I was bad because I wasn't doing what they were doing. So I was ahead of them. They're doing now what I was doing 10 years ago. And now I'm doing something different. And now they still think I'm bad because I'm still doing something different because I'm always ahead of that. The best thing about poker is it's not like a, an actual sport. You can go on Google and you could see anyone's performance in a sport. In poker, people could say whatever they want, but there's no actual documentation of how much people are winning and losing. Like no one actually knows your results other than yourself, if that makes sense. It's very interesting. How much are you still playing today? Well, I mean, we're coming up on the World Series of Poker, so, you know, this month of June. So I'm going to play a lot the next two months. But honestly, I play recreationally just because of my business. And I'm barred from a lot of the games. So I can't play in that many of the games. So that's the main issue now is that I can't even play much anymore. So there's a lot of casino games I go into and they, they won't let me play. So that's the main reason I don't play that much. Why'd they bar you? Just because they don't want to play with me. So there's a lot of guys that... You know, they just don't want me in the game because they know I'm going to like, I'm going to win in the game. So I'm going to take money out of the game. They don't, they don't want that. How do you find these advantages? My bread and butter was always playing heads up. So my edge was always playing people one-on-one. -on -one. So most people think of poker, they think of nine people at a table. My big edge was getting into someone's head and playing one-on-one. -on -one. Because the beauty of heads up poker is, is that you're forced to play almost every single hand. So when you're playing nine people, you don't have to play a lot of hands and you can make money. Heads up, you talk shit, you, you, there's a lot going on there. My edge is getting under people's skin and playing heads up. What advice would you have for someone who wants to become a professional poker player? I would say start small. I would say start with a bankroll and then I would start at a game where you're comfortable, where you have enough money that you could afford to win and lose what you're playing with. But the biggest thing I would say is, is you start at a small limit. If you realize over a few months you're beating that game, you jump up in stakes, you play a bigger game, and then you keep playing bigger if you feel like you're beating that game. The biggest mistake is people jump up way too fast. You have to consistently know that you can beat each limit. That was my biggest thing in poker. 
It took me a while to get to the top. It took me years. We live in a world today where no one has any patience and people want money today. If you really want to go for go to be a pro, take your time, go through the levels and, and earn. How has poker affected how you run business? Poker's actually taught me a lot about business. As a professional poker player, each person is their own business. You know, you're your own business as a person. You know, without you playing, you don't earn any money. So the thing with poker is, in a lot of businesses, even if you own the business, you don't have to be hands-on every day. In poker, you actually physically have to be the one playing to make money. It's taught me a lot just being able to play with so many different people. I've played with thousands of people in the last 15, 20 years. I've learned a lot with people, and, and that's just basically it. Yeah. Who are some of the interesting people you've met while playing? I've played with a lot of athletes over the years, some movie guys. It's funny, when I started playing, there was like almost no women that played. So many women play now, a lot of famous people. I don't personally know. I'm not really in tune with a lot of the, a lot of what's going on, but I know there's a lot of like celebrity type people that play. You know, a lot of athletes love playing. So it's pretty cool. Is it a way to meet interesting people? Yeah, it's very interesting. There's so many people that even for fun play poker. You know, it's one of those games where I feel like a lot of people that play, it's kind of like, it's their way of getting away from their day-to-day -day life. It's like their way of enjoying socializing. I know a lot of people that play poker just to socialize with people. That's their way of socializing. Instead of going out to a bar, they, they want to just play poker. Any of the celebs or anybody really good that surprised you? Russell Westbrook. He doesn't play bad. Uh, this guy, James Woods, he's a big-time uh, movie guy. He plays all the World Series. He plays really well. He loves playing poker. A lot of the guys are, are way better than you know than I would expect. How can you tell if someone's good? For me, I, I could figure it out within probably about an hour, just based on the hands they're playing, you know, their table image. A lot of it's also the way they talk about the game. Like for me, I could figure out a lot just based on the way people are talking about poker when they describe a hand. So it's actually very interesting. Would you ever come to one of my poker games? Like I, none of us really know what we're doing. I would bring you like, ah, oh, it's my buddy Jared. Yeah, yeah, he's in Vegas. He's in uh, sales. Yeah. I just want to bring you in like, I'd love to see the difference of like, I went on a racetrack, I've driven it. My friend actually is a, not a pro racer, but semi-pro racer. And it's just like night and day. And so I'm curious that same experience, like bringing you to like a house game. So the funny thing is, if you brought me to a house game, I'd probably lose, honestly. Just because I actually make all my money off great players. I want to play the best players in the world. The difference is that the players that don't really know what they're doing, they confuse me because they don't know what they're doing. So it's hard for me to figure out what they're doing if they don't know what they're doing. So the pros, they all kind of play like the same way. I figure out what they're doing just because they think they're playing the correct way, if that makes sense. And so most of your money has been in cash heads-up games or in-person games here? Or yeah, where? cash game, Yeah, mostly cash games. I play a little tournaments, but the thing with tournaments is they take a, a long time. I don't have as much patience to sit there for many days and play. Are most of your games you're playing private or in casinos? Casinos, yeah. They're actually in casinos, but they're kind of private in casinos. They organize these random games that they're just for certain players. So they basically rent out a room in the casino to play. And then they ask you, they request you? Yeah, they request the, the game. But those are the games that I'm usually getting shut out of. So it's hard for me to play a lot in those games. What are the stakes in those games to buy in and, and to play? They all vary. I mean, usually the, the minimum is usually about 50K. And then there's games that go up to three, four $400,000 buy. It varies all over the place.
Do you have other crazy moments or stories about like for you or friends playing like million dollar games or flying or not really it's just more of like the same repetitive poker i was expecting a lot more degeneracy and like drinking and drugs and hookers and like wild nights and, and really the people who are making a lot of money are, are pros they're like i go i show up 10 hours a day i'm gambling a lot and then like i go home and i study and rest and i come back and do the yeah, same thing uh, to be honest i've never done a drug in my life i've never smoked i've never done a drug but i think that's part of the reason why i've been successful like i would definitely say that i'm not a degenerate type people have to understand in poker Ultimately, it's a game of skill. It's not like chess where the best player wins every time. Poker, there's a huge chance element, but the better player over time is always going to win. It's just not going to happen in one day. It's going to take you know some time. But that's the reason why there's so many people that play poker for money, and that's why a lot of people don't play chess for money. Because if people don't play chess for money because they know when someone's better than them. In poker, almost everyone thinks they're better than everyone else. That's why people play. So you've made a lot of money playing poker, but then you've started a separate business. Yeah. So my passion's always been sports cards. I basically sell sports cards on YouTube every day. And we basically open the boxes of cards and we have a lot of people buying in and we're, you know, just opening boxes of cards all day on YouTube. How did you get into that and how's that business going? It started as a passion. You know, about five, six years ago, we we saw these people that were unboxing these boxes of cards and I looked at it I'm like I said to myself all these guys that are doing it it was so boring it was a field that was so weak as far as like competition I said to my brother we need to take this what they're doing and make a show out of it like every day on stream I tell people we're in the entertainment business and we're selling sports cards so we entertain people every day on YouTube and we're basically just opening boxes of cards we have a lot of fun with it the business has grown, you know, me and my brothers and my, my best friend Damon started it. It's what we do. It's our life, you know. Poker for me, I, I enjoyed it, but I did it more to earn. That was my living. Sports cards was always my hobby, my passion, and then we were able to turn it into a family business. That's awesome. You said you love gambling. Is there any other crazy bets or things you've gambled on? I love sports betting. You know, if I like a game, I'll bet forty, fifty thousand on a game. I love just, you know, blackjack here and there. I mean, Blackjack, you know, you're taking the worst of it. You know, you're playing the casino, but every now and then I, I enjoy it. Any uh, interesting wins or losses on the sports betting? This is about six years ago. The Spurs were playing the Heat in the finals. And Kawhi Leonard on the Spurs, this is when he was just like coming up. So he was on the Spurs. No one really cared for him. And I think it was either 2015 or 16. It was after game four of the NBA Finals, I bet him to win MVP of the Finals. And this is when, like, if you were not into basketball, you didn't know who Kawhi Leonard. And I bet a lot of money on it. And that was, like, my first real, you know, big bet. The odds were 10 to 1, but they already played four games in the Finals. So I had to have the Spurs win. And at the time, like, Tim Duncan was the best player by far, but there was no – he wasn't, like, playing that great. Like, no one was playing that great. And I felt like Kawhi Leonard, that was like his breakout time when he won the finals. And then he became one of the best players in basketball. What gave you the conviction to, to make that bet? For some reason, when it comes to basketball, I just have a very good feel of the game and uh, understanding of players. And, you know, obviously sports betting, you can't control it. But if you're smart about it, you can win betting sports. So I just have a very good understanding of the game of basketball. You know, but that was pretty cool. Last night, we were in the parking lot of the. Um... Cosmo, 
trying to get out and I bet an ice cream cone to my friend how long it would take because we're, you know, we're doing this poker video. I was like, oh, let's make a bet. And I was like, oh, I can do about one ice cream scoop. But my point here is it's interesting the level of risk tolerance that different people have. And I do think it builds up, but it's also the fact that you'll bet 40, 50K. Oh, yeah. A lot of poker players, they'll gamble like what you're saying. They'll bet on stupid things like what you're saying. Yeah, that happens all the time. You know, people will bet on, you know, the next song that comes on the radio or something. Like just stupid things like that. You know, I would say a lot of poker players, their biggest weaknesses. They have way too much gamble in them, and that's actually a huge negative. You have to have the right amount of risk gamble in you, and you can't have too much. When you grew up, what did you think you were going to be doing? Probably a stockbroker. That was like my thing. But like I said, I, I never did well in, in school. I thought I was going to be in, in that field, and then poker kind of saved me, though, too. There's a good chance I could have been a complete failure, honestly, if it wasn't for poker. You know, for me, it was the right place, right time, too. A lot of the fortune in my life was good timing. Anyone that's successful, timing is a huge part of it. I've learned that even in business. The first one there doing it has such a big edge over everyone else. It's like, I mean, how many businesses do you see that the best business that's actually doing it isn't the biggest because they weren't the first doing it? You see it in every field. I definitely got very lucky in life too. Do you still think there's a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money in poker? Honestly, no. It's very tough right now. It's a lot tougher, and it's really just because of all the information that's out there. You know, there's a lot of information that wasn't available, and it's made it a lot tougher. Are there other sports or games that you can suggest to make more money instead of poker that don't have as much information out there yet? Honestly, no, because if I did, I would, I'd be playing that. It's tough because, you know, poker became so big because it was on ESPN, and it kind of blew up to people. But then you look at these other games like pool. It's like pool's a game that's played a lot for money, but it never got that mainstream love. It's crazy how poker's played for so much money now. 20 years ago, it wasn't like that. You know, it's grown into a mainstream popularity. Do you do staking or have you staked or been staked? I can honestly say that I, I've literally been staked for about one month of my career. Anyone that's played high limit, I don't think almost anyone could really say that. And the only reason I was staked was because at the time, I, I knew I was, I didn't know 100%, but I had enough money to be able to play the game I wanted to play and play bigger. I just didn't know with 100% certainty if I, my skill level was there. So I told myself I'd rather lower the risk and lower the, the profit. And then within a month, I literally made a million dollars. There were two people that did it. They each made 250 and that was it. And I told them, I said, thank you. I pre And then they were happy because I won. I've staked a lot of people in the past. And the funny thing is I was staked and I probably had more money than the people that were staking me at the time. But it was just, they believed in me. But yeah, for the most part, when I've staked a lot of people, I've gotten buried. You know, I've lost a lot. Have you got a positive ROI on staking no, others? No, terrible. No, way negative. A huge negative ROI. You know, the biggest problem with staking is, is people have to understand if you're putting up all the money, you only get 50% when they win and you lose 100% when you lose. It's so hard to win long-term staking. The only people that have made me money staking are people that lose all their money doing other things and gambling, and they always won playing poker, and they never had any money. So they just needed to be put into poker games. But anyone else I staked, I always lost money. It's hard. And most people in poker do lose, too. That is a wrap. I hope you loved the episode as much as we did making it for you. If you did, go check out Blez Sports Cards. That's B-L-E-Z on YouTube and his website, theblezbleez.com. Also, 
Next, text your friend you love him. Yo, dog, let's go play a game together. And before you go, tweet at me, TikTok me, Instagram me, slide on my DMs on Twitter, at Noah Kagan, let me know what's about these episodes. I love hearing about it. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my newsletter. That's sendfox.com slash Noah. It's an exclusive email. It's free, but it's exclusive to my subscribers. And you've got to not miss out. It's about business, life, marketing, and a lot of other fun. That's sendfox.com slash Noah. Plus, go get your own newsletter at sendfox.com. It's free. Finally, a couple shout outs to the amazing team that I get to work with, Jason at podcasttech.com for making these episodes sound perfect. Mitchell, Jeremy, George, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen from the Dork team for all the magic y'all do. Finally, a shout out again to the BD team over at AppSumo, Jeff, Jared, G, uh, just locking it down. They're amazing. It's been so cool to see the partners they impact and all, just all the different wild products we've promoted at AppSumo over the years. I love you guys. Love how much you love the partners. Thank you for being a part of it. Have a turbocharged day. What's your favorite card game?